Clare means business. A Clare FM exclusive podcast with Josh Prenderville. Hello there and you're very welcome along to Clare Means Business. Good to be back with you. I hope you're well and well done for making it through another week. We've a real local theme coming up for you this week. Later on, we'll hear from the chair of the Clare Tourism Advisory Forum about an important conference that the Irish Hotels Federation held in Killarney this week that was well attended, as you'd expect, by hoteliers from Clare and which has a specific emphasis on sustainability throughout the hospitality sector. For now, though, you might remember on Clare FM News a number of weeks back, we revealed the publication of a new strategic plan for Shannon Chamber. The document will remain active until 2026 and contains six key objectives, including promoting brand Shannon and growing the economy and connectivity around the town and its environs. We wanted to delve a bit deeper into the strategy and delighted to say Helen Downs, CEO of Shannon Chambers, with me to do just that. Helen, thanks for your time. How important is it then, I suppose, firstly, to have a plan and direction, first of all? Josh, thank you very much for the interview. Um, and yes, we did welcome the adoption of the Shannon Town Centre Master Plan by the elected representatives in January of this year um, at a meeting um, with the Shannon Municipal District. Um, I suppose if we take a step back and look at what we've been doing as a chamber, we've had a high level of engagement with the County Council um, at the planning with the planning team at the stages of the public consultation. So we've been very heavily embedded into the discussions and collaborative approach that thankfully the Clare County Council welcomed us being involved in. So the key elements of the plan um, that are of specific interest to our members, Josh, is the inclusion of the innovation campus, the new access road activating lands in the town centre, and then more importantly, the whole town centre um, uh, landscape as well. So there's been a lot of discussion around what did Shannon Town Master Plan look like? So I think the fact that the Shannon Town Master Plan now is adopted, it means that all the stakeholders are on the same kind of bus. What's really core to us is that the, the Shannon Town Square um, will underpin and I suppose the new ent- identity for the town centre as a focal point for the community. And hopefully um, that will expand in the existing square. As you know, the Adoration, it's Adoration um, Chapel um, it exists there and has been there for quite some time. It would be fronted by a proposed one Shannon hub. And we'd like to see that being the catalyst for the development of the Shannon Town Master Plan. Ideally, for us, this being a multi-purpose civic um, theatre and community space with multiple uses will ensure for us the activity throughout the Shannon Town will be throughout day and night. Um, and I think this will bring a lot of life um, into the core of the Shannon Town um, Centre. I think what's really interesting, just looking through the document, one word that seems to stick out quite a bit is innovation and and being innovative. And I guess in a in a world where uh, making your niche in terms of a geographic area such as Shannon is, is, is so important, whether it be for indigenous businesses or FDI, that aspect of innovation is, is going to be huge over the next number of years. Absolutely. And you know, Shannon, um, Shannon is, I would say, an innovation hub um, and we'd like to see that innovation campus and the new access road activating lands in the town centre come to come to reality or come to life. And I think that whole innovative spirit will actually start um, growing as it has been for years to support the development of Shannon and what it's offering into the future. 
So if we look at the discussions that we've had, the creation of the innovation campus in the town centre is really unique um, for any town centre. And it has the potential of creating 1,000 employees, jobs and 1,500 students providing a whole new vitality in life with activity, like I've said earlier on, during the day and in the evening time. So that being delivered would be an absolute game changer for Shannon. In terms of brand Shannon, Helen, I, I know that's mentioned quite a bit throughout the document as well. I mean, people are aware of Shannon, the innovation that we spoke about there, what it stands for, the the key, uh, I suppose, hubs in terms of the airport and things like that. But where do you see brand Shannon as being at now and where do you see it going? So when we look at Brand Shannon, I mean, our objective um, is to promote the unique proposition of Brand Shannon to grow the region's economy and connectivity. Shannon, if you look at the landscape of Shannon as it stands, the the ability for Shannon to attract so much foreign direct investment in itself stands out that it has a very strong brand. And we need to utilize this brand to attract more FDI investment into the region. And the FDI sit very nicely alongside the SME community, which is growing substantially and has clearly um, bedded itself down in Shannon as well. So there's a lot of blue chip companies, um, a lot of products and a lot of um, businesses establishing in Shannon because its proximity to the airport, its proximity and its gateway into the region. So brand Shannon is quite strong for lots of different reasons, but our objective is to promote the unique proposition of where Shannon is based on the West Coast. Um, and it sits you know, nicely along the whole Atlantic Economic Corridor where FDI is growing, the whole SME, the backbone of our economy in terms of the SMEs are growing. Um, so I think the brand is strong in terms of it reflects the investment being made by FDI and by SMEs into the whole region and supported by um, by by an airport. In terms of the FDI uh, nature of it and, and being able to attract those companies, um, just several reports this week, uh, the, a number of companies looking to invest in the country are, are quite concerned about housing. And, and only this week, I understand Clare County Council has submitted an application for Shannon and indeed Ennis uh, to be considered under the affordable housing scheme as well. How big an issue do you feel that is in terms of the strategy and, and growing Shannon? Because just anecdotally, you know, lots of people who live, or sorry, who work in Shannon, but may live in Limerick City, they may live in Ennis, and they come to work at nine o'clock, they leave again at five. And, and just in terms of growing that that ecosystem and infrastructure, if you like, it it's very much eight hours a day and then gone again. So, I mean, are, are you optimistic in terms of the the housing aspect of it that, that you know if that's addressed adequately that some of those other problems might be uh, addressed as well we met only recently um uh, with a number of ceos from our membership josh and what was really interesting is that the housing issue is literally common in terms of a concern with the business community so we think that this needs to be addressed it needs to be prioritized the affordable housing is a one solution, but there are other solutions that our CEO forum meeting kind of um, discussed during the meeting. And one of those was to potentially purchase service land and to allow them the capability to build houses to support the amount of staff that were actually coming in from outside of Ireland, but coming in from other regions. So we need to look at this and absolutely prioritise it. We know it's on the local authority and local authorities agenda. But this for us, um, when we're attracting investment in terms of people and investment into the region, needs to be prioritised and it needs to be given um, priority in, in terms of delivery as much as it is priority in terms of discussion.
Just in terms of sustainability, Helen, um, a key strategic objective of, of the plan um, is to collaborate on promoting sustainability. And we've reported extensively on Shannon Airport's plans uh, for a sustainable future. But what does a sustainable Shannon as a whole look like and, and what's Shannon Chamber's role going to be in it? OK, so thank you very much for that question. It's very timely. We established a sustainability task force in 2022. And it's formed um, for CEOs and senior executives in member companies who are tasked to, who are ultimately tasked with leading their organization's sustainability strategies. So it's really important that we're um, aware of how we can support businesses to deliver their sustainability strategies. And we only recently, as yesterday, had the SEAI down with three case studies talking about their sustainability journeys. So the task force has ideally been set up for us to deliver a range of supports and a range of um, meetings and a range of events and possibly even a conference at the end of the year to support the sustainability journey. We need businesses to remain sustainable and in order for them to remain sustainable, we need to have our finger on the pulse and be able to engage with companies about what's happening out there with other companies, so peer-to-peer learning, what's on offer from the government through SEAI and other um, agencies who are there to support the companies. So our objective is to host a suite of um, events, workshops, to bring people in to speak about their sustainability journey. And there are some companies leading the charge in this. EI Electronics um, have launched their sustainability strategy and as recent as last year, we know the Shannon Airport Group has sustainability um, strategy um, launched as well. With the task force that we've set up, we've got a number of subgroups and those subgroups will focus on water, waste, um, biodiversity and energy. So we will have businesses um, meet um, directly with, for example, ESB, with MoneyPoint um, to talk around how they can collaboratively engage to deliver sustainability um, model for their own companies. So it's not, I think some companies, Josh, can work in isolation, mm. but the partnership approach and the collaborative approach is definitely a game changer for companies. And even yesterday, when we hosted the event in EI Electronics, it was very well attended, a lot of engagement. We had three case studies. Steve Gorville from Element 6 spoke around their sustainability journey. We had Sharon Malone from the Falls Hotel in Ennis Time and speak about their sustainability journey. And we had EI Electronics, David Keating, the business development manager, speak about their sustainability journey. And it won't stop, you know, yesterday. It'll keep going because they're all on target to meet certain objectives within their own industries. Really interesting and exciting times for Shannon, uh, which is great to hear and, and looking forward to keeping an eye on it over the next number of years as well. Um, CEO of Shannon Chamber, Helen Downs, thanks very much for speaking with us on Clare Means Business. No problem. Thanks a lot, Josh. Excellent stuff and very exciting times ahead for all, not just in Shannon Chamber, but indeed the wider Shannon region. Fingers crossed it continues to grow and thrive over the short, medium and long term. Now, though, as I mentioned earlier, the Irish Hotel Federation's annual conference took place this week. It's, of course, at a timely stage, and we've spoke a lot about the future of the hospitality industry here on the podcast, which has such a significance to jobs and investment in County Clare. Among those representing Clare at this week's conference was Sean Lally of Hotel Woodstock in Ennis. Sean's also, of course, the chair of Clare's Tourism Advisory Forum Group, and he's with me now. Sean, what were the buzzwords then and the big items on the agenda in Kerry this week? 
Sometimes in our industry, you can be very much focused on, on your own hotel and living in a little bit of a, a bubble. So it's great to get together with your colleagues from around the country to find out that you're you're not alone. We're all dealing with the same cha- challenges and to compare notes and, um, you know, just, you know, everyone has kind of a, a monopoly and good ideas. So ju- just to spread and share ideas. And there was some uh, fantastic speakers over the last few days. But the, the big things out of it was the whole sustain- st- sustainability uh, side of things. And with a number of different experts, presentations from uh, people in various different fields in, in that space and then you were given practical solutions from hoteliers who actually went and did the job you know uh, over from everything from financing it to grants from the SEAI to how long it took and, and payback period so it, it really was very interesting because obviously with energy costs going where they are you know this, this is going to be a very very important journey and then there was a lot of talk about the career in hospitality and uh, I suppose 19,000 people left the industry during COVID, like a lot of other industries because we were closed and we're still not back up to full employment. Uh, I think we're only at something like 94% of um, the employment pre-COVID. So there's a lot of opportunities there now, in particular if people want to go into the hospitality uh, sector mm. and 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 the you know they can move up the ladder very very quickly you know in particular if they show kind of initiative and you know it's not all about you know this i suppose there's so many different jobs within the industry you know everything from an accountant to maintenance to yeah. you know human resources sales marketing digital marketing you know bar restaurant chef you know accommodation there's, there's just a vast array and huge opportunities within the industry now more so than ever before. I suppose with and that in mind, Sean, I, I was speaking to your colleague, uh, he's vice chair of the Clare Tourism Advisory Forum, the group you're chair of, Morris Walsh, earlier in the week, about um, live register numbers in Clare. Uh, those claiming some form of unemployment benefit, it seems to have gone through the roof, particularly those under 25. Like, that must be quite the surprise to you and indeed hoteliers because those figures in Clare stack up across the country as well knowing that there are that amount of people who are uh, claiming unemployment benefits for whatever reason given the uh, amount of staff shortages uh, that the industry is dealing with. I heard the interview with um, um, Morris and uh, like Morris I'm actually surprised as well I don't understand it because most people are actually looking for positions not just in hospitality in, in pretty much every industry because in the, you know, I think it was down to four or four and a half percent unemployment in the country, which is pretty much full employment. You know, getting employees in is going to be a very, very important uh, part of it. And, it, you know, it's a huge, I suppose the onus is back on the hospitality industry now is to go out and sell the opportunities that we have to offer. Uh, and the fact that you can actually move up the ladder and there's so many different areas you can actually go to. And, and you can travel all over the world. And there was different people there yesterday as well that um, went through their career and, you know, the you know the amazing opportunities they had and, 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 and they moved right up along the ladder in, in, into key positions. Uh, and I was only thinking back in my own career, like I love travel and mm. I've gone every place from New Zealand to the States to South America, you know, working in Germany twice, working in, 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 in the UK twice. And I was still able to climb up the ladder back uh, as a general manager in the Imperial and Cork when I was 27. So that just shows you, you know, if you're willing to put the hours in and work and, and focus in your career and be a people person, you will move up the ladder very, very quickly in hospitality. Are there push and pull factors needed, 
maybe to encourage people into the sector? I was speaking to Morris about maybe more of a focus on apprenticeships and, and things like that as well. I, I'm sure maybe there's some people screaming at the radio as well saying wages need to be upped as well. There, there's a myriad of factors, isn't there? Well, I think wages have upped over the last number of years anyway. In any case, uh, they've had to, and, and rightly so, because the cost of living has actually gone up. So there, there's certainly an element to that. But, you know, wages wages have gone up. There are lots of courses available. I, I don't think any of them are full around the country. So I think there is lots of space uh, available. We probably got a little tarnished there during the whole closure with the yo-yo effect of opening and closing during COVID, it didn't do our industry any good. And a lot of people obviously needed to be paid full-time. Uh, the 350 a week was very good from the government, but you know it wasn't able to sustain a lot of people's mortgages, so they had to go and get full-time positions in, in other industries. So yeah. we lost a certain amount th- there. So it's about you know retraining now and reskilling and getting people uh, on the hospitality ladder once again. You'd mentioned sustainability being really the key buzzword uh, over the last couple of days. What were you told a sustainable hospitality industry looks like? And and coming back to Ennis, driving up again from Killarney, was that something that you felt was realistic to be able to implement in your own business going forward? It is. We're working with a company now called uh, Watt Footprints, and they basically have done a full audit on everything from front of house to back of house to all our plant and they're coming back with a report in terms of one to ten what we should focus on over the next one two and three years what grants are out there uh, and the payback period and you know it's everything down to you know your 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 light bulbs making sure they're right and and i suppose a big part of it is the whole staff awareness and, and customer journey as well in terms of customer training just a little simple thing if somebody isn't in a room just turn off the lights once you're finished you know, and ensuring, you know, because I think all hotels will soon have to know their carbon footprint and there's going to be a huge focus on reducing the carbon footprint, not just in hotels, but pretty much for every business in the country because the government is going to have targets set for themselves or have targets set for themselves that they have to reduce by so much in the next five, ten years. How are you looking forward to summer 2023, Sean, in terms of As I mentioned at the beginning, an awful lot of water under the bridge in the last number of years in the sector, um, whether that be the pandemic and recovery now, the sustainability piece, staffing issues. um, We know there are uh, quite a number of hotels across the country uh, with contracts in terms of refugees. You know, it's a case of attracting tourists into the Midwest again. There's a whole mix there. How do you feel about it as we come into the high season? I, I'd be optimistic about it. I think we're tied by the hip to Shannon Airport. And when you look at the increase in flights uh, year and year, and even in 2019 now, you know, the, you know, the Chicago flight is coming back in, Ryanair or something like 26 routes in and out of Shannon Airport. You know, we have a good spread. There's a new route to Paris. You know, the Heathrow is still there. You know, you have, you have um, Chicago, Boston and New York, uh, direct connectivity. And the U.S. market is exceptionally strong at the moment. Their exchange rate is probably as good as it's been in the last 20 years. So they see Ireland as being a good value destination. Uh, UK is a little bit soft, but that's probably more the east of the country that gets affected there by the UK market. Uh, we certainly get a huge amount of Americans in, in, in this area, and they're very important to us. Yes, the whole staffing thing is extremely important, and um, you know, there's, I, I suppose 
one of the challenges there is the whole housing thing as well because that's having a huge knock-on effect yes uh, you know sometimes you can actually get staff but accommodation so a lot of hotels are actually looking at blocking off rooms for accommodation or looking at other alternatives to come up uh, be it modular housing or mobile homes in, in terms of accommodation or trying to because there's very little apartments and houses to, to, to rent in Clare at the moment. So this is going to be a challenge not just in Clare, but all over the country. We're lucky at Hotel Woodstock. A lot of our, our uh, team are actually based locally. We're lucky to be so close to Minnes. So this is a, a big help for us. Our, our own son is graduating from Hotel Management at Shannon Hotel School tomorrow. So oh, we're really delighted about that. He's coming back to join us in, in, in um, April with his uh, girlfriend, Fiona. So we're, we're very, very lucky there to have... You know, some member of the family coming back to join us, so we're we're, we're excited about that. So, we're looking. You know, I, I think the season will be very very positive. You know, um, I think the Clare Tourism do a great job. They've just relaunched the website. Visit Clare. We had we had a, a speed networking evening in the in Roland last week, and there was about over a hundred different tourism businesses there, and there was great buzz, great vibe with Paula Canela and Bobby Kerr down talking, giving us advice, and then we had some local experts there doing a Q&A at, at the end, and everyone was upbeat and positive. So, touch wood, I think, um, you know, it won't be without its challenges, Josh, but I think we will have a positive season ahead. Good positive note to leave it on, onwards and upwards, so as they say. Um, Sean Lally, Chair of the Clare Tourism Advisory Forum and of Hotel Woodstock in Ennis, thanks very much for speaking with us on Clare Means Business. Thanks, Josh. Really interesting stuff and fingers crossed for Sean and indeed everyone else involved in the tourism and experiences business in Clare that they do have a successful summer ahead. As was mentioned there, it's an industry that safeguards thousands of jobs in this county alone, so we do need a thriving where possible, especially after the last few difficult years. That is, though, where time's beaten us for this week's edition of Clare Means Business. This is, unfortunately, my final time presenting this podcast. It's been a genuine pleasure over the last two years to bring you some wonderful success stories and showcase some of the great entrepreneurship from across the county, right from Galway Bay down to the Shannon Estuary. I hope I've been able to inform and entertain you in equal measure each week. For one last time, stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to an exclusive Claire FM podcast presented by Josh Prenderville. Log on each week to hear Claire Means Business.